cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Adam Terry, co-founder and CEO of Cantrip Seltzers. Adam, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Brian. Thank you for uh, having me on The Dime today. Any any hesitations early on to get into cannabis? Was it something you knew you always wanted to be involved with? If you want to go really back in my cannabis career, I started consuming cannabis in high school. And then I joined the pot club at UMass. Uh, when I went, uh, I went to UMass Amherst, which had one of the oldest uh, cannabis activist organizations uh, in the country. It was the oldest club on campus at UMass when I was there. And they threw a big festival every year for it. So I always knew the thought that it was going to be something I could never put on my resume. I did not expect to go into cannabis professionally. I wasn't sure where I'd end up professionally. And then I moved to California. Uh, and when I was in California, it seemed there was a big need for engineers who were willing to take the risk of going into cannabis. So there really wasn't any hesitation. I just kind of jumped straight in. So you made the beverage at home. You started working on cantrip on the side. How, how quickly after that did you decide this might have legs? We wanted to take on a more time and effort into this project. I left my previous job in early 2020 due to unrelated reasons. Uh, mostly, uh, there were some things going on with the company. The big ban hit us pretty hard in 2019 as a company. The company I was previously working for made most of their money off the vapor cartridges in Massachusetts. So I like to say that Charlie Baker personally killed my career. So I was pretty dedicated to it pretty quickly. Uh, it was something I really wanted to do. Uh, I, as somebody who's been a product developer, really wants to create a product of my own that I could focus on the branding and the product myself. So Cantrip was really figuring out which product I wanted to do. And I definitely had a lot of people tell me, don't bother with the beverage, go make a cartridge if you're that good at making things. But to me, it seemed the, the, uh, the cartridge market was saturated and there was no way I was going to sell two MSOs cartridges when they were already producing them. Now, a quick aside on that is I was very wrong on that because that was exactly what I told Liam O'Brien at Fernway right before they launched. I was like, I don't think this is going to work because MSOs already make their cartridges. Now, Fernway is like a $35 million company in one state. So I was very wrong on that. But moving into the beverage, I still saw an opportunity for something like six or seven million in revenue in the first year for the beverage market in Massachusetts. No one else was online. This was before Levia launched. Uh, this was before really anybody had launched except Sip at ComCan. So I thought that the opportunity was there for the taking. So my goal was to fundraise and get to market as quickly as possible. We managed to uh, close our first round of fundraising in March of 2021. We launched in June of 2021, using a manufacturing partner in Massachusetts. And that put us as, I think, the second or third beverage on the marketplace, uh, right alongside Levia um, High Five. And at the time, I think Can had launched one flavor in Massachusetts. Um, and you know, those are still the top performers in the market today. So first mover advantage is still key. So slightly switching gears, Cantrip, what are the early flavors and how did you come up with the dosing mechanism for how for how much to put in each can? Early flavors, lemon, basil, ginger, peach, and grapefruit, hibiscus were what we launched with. Uh, a little insider info is that the first product I wanted to make was actually something I called Shizandraberry Dream. Shizandraberries are these great, really tart pink berries. Uh, they're also known as the five-flavored berry or omicha. Uh, and there's actually a local grower in Massachusetts, but the berries were very expensive. And more to the point, I don't think anybody knew what they were. So I decided to go with something a little bit more accessible to the human population. 
Um, from the very beginning, I wanted to have terpenes uh, infused in them as well. That was really important to me just for flavor purposes. I really wanted to create flavors that blended with the taste of cannabis because I had created a lot of products that were essentially, you know, raspberry with cannabis underneath or cherry with cannabis underneath. I never felt like that was the ideal way to do blending. In terms of choosing the dosing, it was originally going to be two and a half by two and a half in terms of THC and CBD. I really wanted a low dose product, so less than the uh, the maximum allowed in Massachusetts, which is five milligrams, because I want to encourage people to drink more than one in the evening, make it taste good enough that they would you know seek to. You know, we all have that problem where you eat a really good cannabis infused gummy and then you want to eat more gummies, but uh, you probably shouldn't because you'll get way too stones, uh, which is why it's important to buy a bag of uninfused gummies when you do go to take a gummy, in my opinion. But the three by two ended up as a, it just felt better, honestly, when trying it. And I thought it was going to be easier basically to hit our testing ranges with uh, with an integer than try to say like 2.5 specifically. To clarify, your products have THC and CBD in them? Not all of them, uh, but most of them do. Uh, our original low dose line has three milligrams of THC and two milligrams of CBD. We have our higher dose line at five milligrams of THC in Massachusetts. And I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but by next month, we might have 50 milligram beverages out in Minnesota. Who do you think is a, a targeted consumer for infused beverages? Definitely what we're finding is that it is a lot of people's gateway in. Um, and Boris Jordan actually said this, I think, at Fencing It back in April, which I thought was a pretty keen insight from a man who has said some pretty wild things about beverage uh, thereafter. <laughs> but he said that people are coming in through more highly formulated products and beverage is nothing if not one of the most highly formulated products. What is one fact operating in the cannabis industry that would surprise or shock others? Demand is not as good as you think it is. <laughs> like you don't have a guaranteed demand for the product going into it. You still as competitive in marketing. Um, and overall, because of the restrictions on distribution and manufacturing, the demand is lower than it really should be. Like cannabis demand in Massachusetts is roughly 1.2 billion last year. I think if you had this stuff like at least I think edibles um, and beverages broadly, like you made those freely available in, you know, liquor stores, uh, much akin to you have in Minnesota and then restricted, I think, you know, cannabis, flour and concentrates, basically anything that's more potent. You're basically 70% of cannabis sales right now. So babes concentrates flour, actually maybe more like 80% of the overall market you restricted that to dispensaries but then opened up the low-dose products, all your edibles, into regular distribution, I think it would have been a $3 billion market last year. I think the, the potential of edibles is largely untapped so long as we restrict it to these specialty places. And so demand is actually lower than people think it's going to be. It's one of the hardest things um, about cannabis because we have VC in the cannabis, right? Like you guys, you guys are very familiar with the side in and you know, Measure 8 and all of these other venture capitalists. Venture capital means something very different consumer packaged goods than it does in tech. Tech has potentially infinite upside and relatively low necessity for investment. In tech, you're investing in largely labor and some sales and marketing. In consumer packaged goods, particularly cannabis, you're investing in infrastructure. You're investing in building things. You're investing in um, ingredients and materials. It's so much harder to do, and the return is like the potential maximum return is so much lower. So, Adam, before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? I mean, pick people you want to work with. Like, is you're, if you're going to spend your time, especially if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're thinking of starting a business and you're picking you know, your co founders, your first team members, Cantrip has a wonderful team full of people that are, you know, I always think to myself, 
these these other people who are on my team, these are the people who care about Cantrip in the world the absolute most. And if you're someone, anyone's on your team, you know, at, the, at least at the executive or founding level, that is not all in with what you're doing, you know, it's going to be painful. Um, so, you know, pick your partners carefully, pick your, uh, you know, the people uh, who work for you carefully. Well said. All right, prediction time. Adam, at the Benzinga conference, Boris Jordan said, five to 10 years out, I think cannabis beverages will represent 50% of the industry. Adam, what needs to change for us to get to beverages being 50% of the cannabis industry? Thank you for framing it that way, because like whether or not I think that's going to happen and how it would, what we would have to do to get there are two completely different things. I want to know what Boris knows that I don't. Because Probably I a lot. Probably a lot, if we're going to be honest. Oh, yeah, that is true. Okay, like I meant about a couple specific things. Boris Jordan is a smart guy who knows a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, Cure Leaf is a massive organization. and They've been very successful in a lot of things they've done. What I want to know that I think Boris Jordan must know is how the FDA is going to treat hemp-based uh, cannabis. Like, it's just what we talked about in Minnesota. But like I said, there are people who have been selling Delta 9 THC products in the United States since 2018 under the farm bill that are derived from hemp. Uh, they're mostly operating under the radar because they don't want to get slapped down by the FDA. They mostly, the most successful ones are not making specific claims about efficacy. But if you could centralize and distribute cannabis beverages, all of which are less than 0.3%, I can't think of, you'd have to have a very, very concentrated beverage. You maybe like the small shots if you did like 100 milligrams of THC. Even then, you might be less than 0.3%. I'd have to do the math about how small your shot can get and how concentrated if you could do that, I definitely see uh, cannabis beverages this being you know fifty plus percent of the market because you'll be able to get them everywhere. So, Adam, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to buy Cantrip. Where can they find you? you can go to our website, cantripseltzer.com. Follow us on can uh, on Instagram at cantripseltzer. I'm pretty available on Twitter as well. My Twitter name is hard to pronounce because I've reversed the first letter of my last name, the first letter of my first name, so it's Tim Adam Airy. Uh, but just Google Adam Terry. Uh, I'm very very visible. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Signal. If you have uh, sketchy stuff that you want to text me about, <laughs> yeah, and we have a contact form on the website, so reach out. And uh, if I like you enough, I'll give you my personal email address. Awesome! Thanks for taking the time. This was fun. Adam. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.